You're listening to the Unstoppable E-Commerce Podcast. I'm your host, Karen Parkinson, and I'm here to help you sell more on your online store. Before we begin, I would love to pay respect and acknowledgement to the Palawa people of Lutruwita, who are the traditional owners of the land on which Unstoppable E-Commerce operates, and pay our respect to their elders, past, present, and emerging. In today's episode, I'm joined by fellow Tasmanian, Dr. Amy Imms, to help us recognize and overcome burnout. Dr. Amy Imms is a medical doctor, founder of The Burnout Project, author of Burnout, Your First 10 Steps, and mother of five, yes, five kids. Since her own experience of burnout in 2016, Amy has been raising awareness of burnout and assisting individuals and organizations to prevent and manage burnout well so that people can have fulfilling and sustainable careers. And she wants everyone with burnout to know you are not weak, you are not a failure, this is not your fault, and there is something you can do about it. So let's jump in and chat with Amy. So Amy, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. Now, this is uh, unusual that I'm actually interviewing another Tasmanian. (laughs) I know, it's not many of us. It was nice to see that there was, I think, three of us in Sydney at the Ausbornpreneur Conference. Yes, (laughs) representation. Yes, which is great. Now, I put out to my audience what they wanted to hear about on the podcast, and I got a one-word response that was burnout. And then from that comment, other people started commenting on it, and it seemed like, hang on, this is something that people are really struggling with. And Mm. I thought, who do I know that deals with this? And then... (gasps) I remembered meeting you just the week before (laughs) and going, Amy is the girl I need to speak to. So tell us a little bit about what you do. Yeah, so I just work within the sphere of burnout. So I'm a medical doctor. My background, I used to work in emergency medicine and general practice. And for the last six years, I've just worked with burnout because as you had the experience with your audience, there are so many people struggling with it. And it's something that there hasn't been a lot of specific support for over time. And so I realized that, that both for myself when I burnt out and for my patients when they're struggling with burnout, it was really hard to actually get that support. So that's what I've been doing for the last six years is trying to help people to do that through counseling and things. And then also looking at why is this happening and what can we do to prevent it? Amazing. I've definitely got the right person on. So tell <laughs> us what is burnout? Well, this is another debatable issue. There are, <laughs> people use this word and we all mean different things and even the people who research it have argued about it over the years. So the most recent definition that we've had was from the World Health Organization. So they talk about burnout as being the result of chronic stress that hasn't been successfully managed and results in three main symptoms. So we look at exhaustion and emotional detachment and reduced professional efficacy, which we can go into a bit later if you want to. Yeah. So yeah, essentially the stress that isn't well managed and And for their point of view, they talk about it in terms of the workplace. And that is often what we see as we're talking about workplace stress. But we do also see it in people who aren't working. So they might be studying or they might be caring, especially if they're caring for a child with special needs or a family member uh, with a disability. Uh, And we also need to recognise that even when we are talking about workplace burnout, it's never just the workplace, is it? Like it's everything else that's going on in life and outside of that as well. Well, so many of our listeners have their own businesses, uh, mm-hmm. e-commerce businesses, but quite often, they're, you know, we're doing that from home. It can be quite isolating because we're usually doing it online, sometimes by ourselves. 
And generally, it's not just that. We're also maybe still going with a side job uh, and a lot of them had families. So they've also got that work-life balance slash imbalance going on, the juggling act, and they're dealing with everything else that's going on. Plus, Mm -hmm. you know, how am I going to make money this week or this month and Mm -hmm. keep the business going? So one thing that I'm just going through some of the questions that I got was around the solutions and not just ones that Lana said, I've read a lot of things, but the actual solutions to burnout don't seem to be very long lasting. So she said, I've booked time away and I feel great. And then I come back and I feel chaotic again. So I guess before we jump into that though, how do you know if you're heading towards burnout or maybe if you're already there? Like what are the signs? Yeah, it's it's a tricky one because a lot of these things overlap with symptoms of other illnesses and things going on as well. So it can be quite tricky to figure that out. And we often doubt ourselves. So people often underestimate it and just think, oh, I'm just sort of a bit tired or it'll get better. Generally, if we're getting these feelings of exhaustion and uh, detachment, things that I mentioned before, for a period of four to six weeks or longer, where it's really not easing up, then that's where I'd be starting to think, you know, you're really probably at that point of burnout or very close to it. If it feels like you kind of have a bad week or two and then it gets better for a couple of weeks, then that's where I'd think it's more sort of on the horizon that if you don't do something soon, you're going to end up there. So those main things that I'm talking about that I'd be looking for are things like feeling tired all the time, where it's not just because you've had one bad night's sleep. You just get this real fatigue, often that Constant. Sunday night dread. I mean, it's different when you're a business owner in that you don't work Monday to Friday and get the Sunday night dread, but getting that dread when you're thinking about work or approaching work. And then one of the other big areas we notice is emotional detachment. So when you're starting to feel like all your emotional energy is spent on just surviving the day and getting through things and you don't have a lot left for other people. You know, you sort of finish work and your partner wants to talk to you about their day or your child has something they want to talk about and you just feel like, I just don't have that energy to to listen and care like I normally would. Yeah, Yeah, and that can can feel really challenging. And then that last bit of it, reduced um, professional efficacy, this is where you're starting to feel like, is what I'm doing even making any difference? You know, am I getting anywhere in my business and my work and uh, maybe having those really self-critical kind of thoughts as well? So if, if those kinds of things are a big feature for four to six weeks that I'd really be looking at it pretty carefully. Yeah. And that's a tricky one because quite often we have all those doubts anyway. So then if we're overlapping that and, you know, have reached that burnout stage, I guess that just gets even worse in, you know, the self-doubt and is it worth it? And am I going to keep going with it all? So what are some strategies that we can use if we've reached that burnout point or perhaps we think we're it's on the horizon and we're getting there? Yeah, so if we've reached that burnout point, then you mentioned taking leave before, and that's a really interesting one in that leave can play quite a pivotal role in burnout recovery, but it's never a solution on its own that, as your uh, listener commented, that often we take that break and we think, how great is that going to be? We're going to feel so much better. And then we come back and within a day or two, we just feel like we didn't even go away. It's it's all totally back. Uh, But it can play a role. So if somebody's already burnt out, then I always recommend seeing a GP or somebody in a similar position first. And that is because there's that overlap of symptoms with other things. So it's not uncommon for me to see somebody who's burnt out, but they might also have an anemia or an early thyroid disorder presentation or a really significant anxiety disorder that may need other kind of management as well. So it's important that we don't just 
attribute these symptoms to burnout without making sure there isn't something else going on first. Once we've got that uh, sorted out, then we need to figure out what do we need to do straight away? So it might be, do we need any referrals to uh, a psychologist or a counsellor or a coach or getting blood tests or anything like that? Do we need time off work? So again, this is the ideal thing is if you've got somebody who's having that objective assessment, so somebody like a GP or a psychologist, because we tend to underestimate it. So it often takes that Mm. other person to say, actually, you know what, this is at a really serious point and I really think you need to take time off. Or no, look, I think we can manage this sort of slowly over time and you don't need to take some time off as we do that. And we also want that objective assessment of how severe it is because burnout can be very severe. I mean, up one end of the spectrum, we can end up with people who are getting thoughts of self-harm or suicide. And obviously we really want to make sure that we're getting on top of that very quickly and, and addressing yeah, that. Sure. So, yeah, talking to somebody. And then the other main thing in that really early phase is looking at what can we possibly do anything we can do to relieve a little bit of pressure, even if it's just temporarily partly just because we need that relief of pressure. That's why we've burnt yep. out because we've got so much going on, but also because there's strategies that we use to recover take not a lot of time, but it takes a little bit of time and it does take energy as well. So we need to somehow find a way to free that up, whether that's taking time off or whether it's can we outsource something for a little while and there may be commitments that we feel like we have to do them, but really we can pull back from them for a few weeks or a few months without the whole world falling apart. Yeah. And it can feel like you've got so much on your plate with especially like any kind of business, but with an e-com business, you know, mm. especially if you're a one-woman show and you've got, you know, the products to maybe make or get mm. ready. You've got to pack and ship the orders. You're doing the customer service then the fulfillment. And then you're doing all of your marketing as well and you're sending your emails and you're doing your content posts. And then, you know, the sky's not going to fall in if you take some time off. I know people um, quite often think that, they can't take time off from a business when they are the business. And I remember working on my honeymoon, like we've all been there. <laughs> um, but it's really important if you do need to take that time off. And I, there is a blog I've got I'll link up to about how to sort of take time off if it is your own business. So I'll link up to that for some strategies. But what about if we're not quite there yet? Like, are there any things that we can do as business owners to avoid getting to that burnout? Mm. Yes, definitely. So when we think about what can we do about burnout, if you Google that, you get so many different pages of, of results and that can feel really overwhelming in itself. And sometimes we end up with this feeling that we almost need another part-time job of self-care to try to take yes. care of ourselves. And, you know, one person saying you've got to meditate for an hour a day and another person you feel like you should be exercising for an hour a day. And it, it just sudden, sounds like it there's feels so like you've many got to things. fit another few hours in. Yeah, Exactly. How do you fit more things in your day? So I'm I'm a massive fan of cutting things out instead of adding things in and really simplifying it down and looking at small steps. So time and time again, I see people who feel like they've got to make big changes because the problems are big, right? Like it's everything's yeah. overwhelming. We feel like the solution must be equally as big. And so if we do that, if we start these big things, then we might sustain that for a week or two or three and then it falls apart. Yeah. So much better to start really, really small 
and in a very targeted kind of way. So figuring out what's the smallest thing that I can do and getting that consistent and then slowly building upon that. And so then over a period of time, it feels really slow to begin with, but you get that snowball effect as these things start to take effect over time. So I talk about trying to look for one tiny thing in three different areas. So one of those is the way that we interact with the world around us. So that's things like our support networks and who have we got to draw upon. It's the way that we set boundaries. It's the way that we separate our work from our home, which is especially challenging when it's your own business and you work from home and you could theoretically work 24-7. So that's one area. How do do we interact with that outside world? Then the second area is coming a little bit more internally. So going, what's going on inside our mind? What happens when we feel stressed and overwhelmed? What strategies do we have to respond to that? So that might include things like mindfulness or meditation. Uh, I have quite specific ways that I find work well for people with that. Uh, It could be things, specific strategies, uh, sorry, specific challenges we've got. So if we struggle with, say, perfectionism or imposter syndrome or anxiety, then what strategies have we got to manage those? Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) And it's also how do we create that opportunity for positive things? Like It's so easy for life to just become all work and things that need to get done and we often lose those things like creativity or getting out in nature or having anything that our brain can really just flip into that positive mindset and and really just enjoy and be in the moment and then the third main area that I look at is our physical well-being because that has such a strong influence on our mental well-being as well so just looking at what is our sleep like how is what we're eating affecting how we're feeling are we actually eating enough during the day or do we sit at our desk for seven hours before we get up to go to the toilet and grab a bite to eat and have a drink yeah um and are we moving our bodies and what impact does that have so i say if you can have one tiny tiny little thing from each of those areas and use that as your foundation and then slowly build on it and ideally if you can pick things or find things that you can keep going in those hard weeks because it's one thing to find strategies that work in the good weeks where everything's going to plan but on that week where it's locked down and the kids are sick and the dogs at the vet and whatever then all those things fly out the window and we just go back to basics so I guess like one of the simplest things with moving your body could just be going for a 10-minute walk to start with and then building up on that Yeah, even wise. two minutes, even stretching yeah. instead of going for a walk. Like, yeah, just starting super, super simple. Yeah, okay, straight. I like that, yeah, because that is like quite often it's it's a vicious circle because the exercise really helps, I find, when I've got anxiety and things going on. When I am, you know, starting to get to that burnout stage, I find that it's because I've got so much on my plate, but because I've got so much on my plate, I always get rid of the self-care first. So, you know, exactly. the exercise goes out the window. Like, oh, I'll go back to Pilates when I've got the time or yes. I'll go for a walk when I have the time. I don't have the time. So, like, I cut those out first. But then, like, my husband will go, nope, come on, we're going to walking the dogs. And then when I'm out there and I'm going for a walk, I'm like, oh, this fresh air is so nice. And <laughs> I really start to kind of relax a little and think, oh, why don't I make time for this all the time? But quite often for me, you know, he wants to go for an hour walk and I just find that unachievable. Mm-hmm. So then I don't go. So I like the idea of just doing something really quick and simple, like whether it be a quick walk around the block to clear my head and then go back Mm -hmm. and then maybe building that up. And on the good days where I've got more time, I can do that hour walk with the dogs. But yeah, Yeah. what other sort of little things can we pick in, like put into our day just to help? 
Yeah, so as I say, I'm a big fan of things that don't take a lot of time. So uh, things like if you are working at an office, then if there's something where you can change the way you commute there. So if you're looking at getting a walk or a ride or something in, then can you do it as you've got to go to the office? You've got to do that anyway. Mm. It's a good chance to clear your head and have that ritual that prepares you mentally and for And we're work. getting into the nicer weather now. So, you exactly. Know, well, apart from down here in Tassie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been nice to do those country. things in winter. <laughs> Um, and I was talking before about mindfulness and how that can be a part of some of those really helpful strategies for uh, stress. And often when we think of those things, we think of it as another thing that we've got to fit into our day. So mm. usually what I find much more effective is using strategies that we can do while we do other things. So if we're washing the dishes, if we're hanging out the clothes, if we're driving the car, then they're all great opportunities to just start to train our brain to respond differently to circumstances by paying attention to that present moment. So just having a simple process of um, having a habit when you get in the car, for example, of just noticing what's my mind telling me at the moment. Maybe it's just caught up in all those things that you've got to do or it's being self-judgmental, just noticing what's going on in there and then turning that attention out to what's going on around me, looking at the traffic lights and the passing traffic. I mean, it's good to pay attention to what we're doing anyway while driving, right? (laughs) Uh, But, you know, those things don't take any extra time while you're brushing your teeth, while you're having a shower. All of these times, times when you can be doing some of these things at the same time without adding in extra time. And the reason why that's helpful is because if we start to train our brain in those moments, then our brain will use that same mode at other times more automatically. So it's a bit like building muscles at the gym. We sort of do that regular practice and then it'll happen more easily at other times. This is kind of forcing ourselves at the beginning, but then building those habits over time. Mm. I like that. Uh, one of the other things that I often get people to think really carefully about if we're thinking of small strategies that we can use is I mentioned before setting boundaries and mm. that can be a really important one, especially for business owners, especially working from home. I'm a business owner who works from home, so I get it, is things like our digital boundaries. So when yes. do we respond to emails? When does our phone ding when an email goes off? How much time do we spend on social media? All of those things that can really encroach on our time but also our mental energy so it just consumes us such a big impact isn't it these days i am terrible with it like i am that person bub goes to bed and then the phone comes out and i sit on the couch and i'm watching a big screen and i'm looking at a little screen and my husband and i both pick on each other for doing it but then we both do it ourselves but we're always like oh and i found one thing that i really love doing is puzzles and if i'm doing a puzzle I forget my phone's even there and I just like chill out and I'm doing this puzzle. I might stay up really late because I'm like also, you know, uh, quite competitive and I feel like I have to finish the puzzle. <laughs> They're quite addictive, aren't they? <laughs> they are so addictive. But it's kind of a strategy that I've found to get me off my phone is to do something something more creative or something thinking like a puzzle. Um, you know, I always felt like I had to watch TV or binge the latest season or something like that and then... It always seems like more effort to do something like go and grab a puzzle, but then I always feel so much more relaxed when I am doing that. But definitely getting off the phone and even we've started to try and turn the telly off like half an hour before we go to bed rather than just screen off and straight into bed and then, Mm. you know, my brain's still racing with whatever we just watched or 
Yes. And or I jump into bed and then I start talking to my husband about my day and he's like, we've just been out in the lounge room together for hours and you didn't talk to me then. I'm like, oh, yeah, but we were watching something. Like, well, I'm ready for bed now. <laughs> like, yeah, um, it's really hard to go straight from work or anything where we're thinking quite significantly to going to bed so having some kind of ritual to wind down is is very helpful and the puzzle idea is a a great one because often people want to relax and switch off because even if we're not working 24 7 often we're thinking about work a lot of that time and so we may as well kind of be at work all that time so we need those times where we can switch off and think about other things but it's really hard to do that when you don't have something else to think about instead so having something that's active or consumes your energy just a little bit so it's still relaxing but gives you a little bit of a focus during that time so puzzles a good one another one that people often like is things like podcasts or audiobooks podcasts mm. you've got to be a little bit careful in terms of if it's too work related then you yeah, not still this end up with in your, in your downtime <laughs> like, yeah that's right <laughs> but don't stop listening to this one <laughs> no that's right <laughs> we need balance right <laughs> i like that so kind of like a distraction but where you don't have to think too much so I've really gotten into audiobooks lately. I was never really never really a podcast person. <laughs> I don't even listen to this one. But yeah, I found like I love reading a book, but I'd never really got time to sit mm. down and do it. And now like consuming a book, especially if the author's the one that actually reads it out, I find that's really mm. uh, helpful for me to actually, you know, consume that content, but also I can just kind of relax a little bit while listening to it and yeah, I'll listen to it on the drive and things like that. But it does stop me from, you know, thinking about all the thousands of other things I've got to do because I actually mm-hmm. am listening to what they've got to say instead. And thinking about those tiny little barriers to doing things like that as well. Like if you're a physical book person, then can you leave it out somewhere where you can easily grab that instead of turning the TV on? Or if you Mm. enjoy doing a little bit of, say you're into art, right? And you used to be into it and you did all the painting and you've got to get it set up and you've got to have a whole space for it. And so you never do it. So it's thinking, how can I translate that into something simple? So can having a notebook and a pen sitting on the coffee table mean that you can do that while you watch TV or something. So your brain's just getting that little tiny bit of creativity without having to do a whole big setup. So just sort of adapting those things that we used to do maybe in a different way to how can that fit into our life just a little bit. I can highly recommend those adult colouring in books. Yes. I love that's another thing that if that's by my bedside or not bedside my couch like I will do that instead of being on the phone. So I guess it's that Mm. keeping busy but something that's not really taking up too much brain power other than, you know, trying to stay in the lines. Another one I did, one of our students has cross-stitch kits but like really cool funky designs rather than, you know, your old school ones. And I'm terrible at it but I've been bought it to have ready for when my daughter was born. She's 19 months now and I still haven't finished it. But (laughs) it was one of those things that, yeah, when it's away and I don't see it, I don't do it. But when it was sitting next to the couch... Then of a night when I'd go and sit down, you know, to do my normal phone and TV, I'd go, oh, I'm going to do this instead. So you're totally right. Just having it kind of in that easy place to grab makes that routine kind of kick in. And it's fun, it's creative, but it's quite yeah. simple. It's not sort of taxing at the end of a long day. And also it's got that end result. So you 
get that feeling of accomplishment that that it's something that you've done the other thing is that that sounds as though it's meaningful for you in terms of it's for your daughter and that's another big thing to think about is just our values and what are those things in life that are really important to us and how does that relate to our work is our work really tied to those core values or are we working Mm. to provide the finances or whatever to then support different values in another area of our life and thinking about things like are there any of our values that we're perhaps not doing anything that relates to that at the moment in this period of life and sometimes that's okay you know life goes in seasons and we can't always do all the things there's no perfect uh, work-life balance where we do everything all at the same time but often we feel better if we've got some way that we're contributing to those things that feel important to us And then that also helps us that when we do have a weekend or a few hours or we have that time in the evening and we're making a choice of what to do, if we're able to choose something that aligns a little bit more with our values, then we're going to tend to feel better after that, even though it might take a little bit more effort in the moment to grab the cross stitch or to grab whatever that thing is. It just helps us to think about how we want to focus that time and those little things that we can do. I love that. So getting out and getting yourself something to keep you busy, whether that be a colouring in book, a cross stitch, a book, anything that's a puzzle (laughs) going to keep you sort of occupied. There's plenty that I can recommend if you need a a recommendation. Hit me up on Instagram and I'll send you through to the cross stitch or the puzzles. (laughs) But I love those ideas. And it's even made me think of like, oh, because it's evening now and I'm going to go back upstairs and instead of grabbing my phone, I'm going to go find that cross stitch. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Amy, for giving us a bit of a breakdown on um, what burnout is and sort of the signs to look for, or if we may or may not have it. So if somebody does think that they might be in that burnout camp, the GP is the first port of call. Yep, I would I would start there. As I say, even if it's just that one-off visit, just to make sure you're not missing something, there's not something else going on, that they're not going to say, look, this is really serious, stop work today, you need a month off. Yeah. Even if it's just that one touching base, I think that's a really good idea. Excellent. And you've also written a book on the topic. So what's that called and where can we find that? Yeah. So it's called Burn Out Your First 10 Steps. And when I was burnt out, I honestly did not have much capacity at all to read because you're tired and you have no time and no motivation. So it's a really short book. It's really practical. So it's got 10 chapters and each one's got two or three pages of content and then it's on to here's some exercises to try and sort of seeing it as an experiment of we don't know what's going to work you know everybody's different and it's partly that process of discovery of figuring out okay for me in my life what are those things that are really worth that time investing in but with as minimal time as possible for those things um so you can get that through my website so the burnoutproject.com.au or it's on places like Amazon and there's ebook versions available as well. But that can be a good starting point. There's also a, a free workbook that you can download. So there's a link in the book there. So you can use that to guide you as you go through some of those exercises as well. Excellent. So I've got your website and where else can people find you? Where do you hang out? Are you on the gram? Are you on Facebook? Yeah, I'm on Facebook under The Burnout Project. Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn under Dr. Amy Imms or on Instagram, which is the 
underscore burnout underscore project. Don't uh, worry, so we'll link of all of these places. up in the show notes <laughs> so you don't have to remember how to write them. But um, The other thing yeah. you might find on the website that can be helpful starting point is I've got a burnout quiz there and that's 30 of these common signs that you see with burnout. So you know how we're talking about how do you oh, know right. if you're sort of, is it on the horizon? Are you already there? Then that can just be a little bit of a starting point to give you a, a guide of where things might be sitting and it can be interesting to repeat it a couple of months down the track and just sort of yeah. see which direction is that trending? Am in? I going the right way? Yeah, yeah that's fantastic. Right. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Amy. I'll link up all of those resources in the show notes for you listening. And uh, thank you for sharing all of your knowledge. You're obviously, very passionate about burnout and helping people through it. Thank you so much for having me. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you're looking to sell more on your online store, be sure to check out my signature program, Ecom Igniter. You can find out more at ecomigniter.com. Oh, 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 oh,